jerseys and dress shirts. You already know. The mic is on, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Jerseys and Dress Shirts Podcast. Of course, the guys are in the building. Me, myself, Maynard. We got Chucky in the building. Dale, he's out handling business. But, Dale, you know we got you. We're going to hold it down. <laughs> but we got a nice special guest for you guys. Our man, Brian Dawson. I'm excited, man. Thank nice. you for having me, Thanks man. for joining us, yeah, brother. Big time, man. It's an honor, man, and a pleasure, bro. Cool, cool. B is my man from way back in the day. Back. Uh, you know, we ran into each other in certain spots, mm-hmm. um, and we had we had a couple guests in the past. So, and they brought up his name. So we was like, "What? Well, what are we doing? You know, we gotta have B Dawson on here because he's like the, the the father to all those cats. That's real, so, it's B, a legend. Tell our fans, our listeners, tell us about how you got started, and just tell us about what you're doing now. Well, you know, of course, man. First of all, I do want to touch on that, man, because I've had an opportunity to kind of watch your career. Okay. And it's funny how we've crossed paths <laughs> in different ways. Right. I remember being an intern um, at um, the University of Akron, and um, I was interning for right. the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right. And this was one of what your twenty <laughs> different stints. <laughs> um, but I remember Chucky, like you know, when you're away from home, and then uh, you you run into somebody from back home because right. I knew him from the summer leagues. He was just always cool. I, I got this one image of you outside of the gun. Was it, what was the arena? Uh, Richfield. What was Richfield Coliseum. Yeah, Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you was in your you was back in the trunk, and I walked up on you like, "Yo, Chucky, what's up? What's up?" And you showed me love, man. Right, so, right. And it made me feel good because I was a college student at the time. All right, but, all right. But yeah, I've been on the radio here twenty years now. Right, man. This is my twentieth year. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Um, I made the source power thirty. Yep. Eight years. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. So we're gonna bring that up. Eight years in yeah. a row, and, that, and that's big eight time. And the reason why it's big time, people don't know, yeah. it's not just in the state of North Carolina. Right. This is nationally. Nationally. Um, um, and it's 30 DJs. It's like 300,000 DJs right, out there. Right, and you top 30, which is yep. a big deal. Well, um, and, and a lot of that came, too, from L.A. So I, I do my radio show in L.A. for the BET Awards. Okay. Right. So and there are, that's where most of the top DJs actually come. So I, when I got there, I started looking and noticing I was doing, like, more than they were doing. Right. They were just in bigger markets. Okay. Right, right. So, you know, one thing I like to say about myself, I've always felt like I was kind of before my time and my thought, you know, in terms right. of, like, sports and entertainment and even being on the radio. So... My focus on the radio is about the community. Right. You know, anybody can take a picture with a celebrity. That's right. But that don't make you pop it. To me, you got to be out here in these streets. You got to be in the community. And that's my personality. Right. So I don't do it because I'm on the radio. I do it because I love it. Right. That's what's Mm -hmm. up. And with the Power of 30 as well, um, what does it mean to you exactly? Because once again, there's so many DJs out there. Right. What does it mean to you to be in that top 30? Well, it's kind of cool, man, because I, um, I, have pr- I have strong market penetration, you know, which is like I really in this area can't go anywhere without somebody either recognizing my scratchy voice right. or seeing me from different things I've done. Yeah, um, right. I've had a TV show on Fox okay. for uh, several years where me and I kind of um, went behind the scenes of my life with my son, right. who I put on the radio at one. Right. And so I shot that for a few years. I owned the show and that did really well. Okay. Um, obviously, I do the parties. I'm, I'm kind of known for right, the parties. Right. I've been throwing parties since day one. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then the community. Right. So, really strong in the community. Um, I do like uh, kids tours through schools. I got the I got actually the largest school tour in the country. Oh, that's we right. do like 65 stops in 30 days. Right. We don't charge no school uh, anything. In fact, and I and I always tell people this: yeah. I get more people that recognize me from coming to that school. Wow. wow. They'll come up, to, I mean, radio, TV, right. parties, they'll come up to me and say, Brian Dawson, you came to my school. That's what's up. And, and, and that means a lot to me. Right, Because right. that means, you know, I got to them at a young age. And right. we start with, like, elementary, middle, 
and high school. When you go on these tours, do you take Chase with you? Because I know I seen Chase on the ones and twos nowadays. So yeah, that's a whole nother yeah, subject. Right there. Right. Chase, Chase, he's spoiled. Like to keep mm -hmm. it one hundred with you. Because okay. you know, you know, like I taught him how to DJ at eight. Right. Uh, he DJs for the Hornets. Okay. He's the official kid DJ. Been doing that for nice. a while. Okay. Um, he's he's done women's empowerment. He's done stuff for the NBA. Right. Uh, Nike, Pepsi. Uh, he just did the NBA fashion show okay. a few weeks ago. So I kind of got him started early. You know, being a ball player, Chuck, like, I always thought about being broke. I right. was always broke right. in high school and in right. college. Right. So I was like, man, uh, if I could do something where I could make some money. So the goal was to teach him how to DJ. So by the time he got to middle school, high school, that he could DJ and get, you know, right. money, yeah, but yeah. still be able to train. Right. Because he can go in and charge three, four, five hundred dollars for a three, four hour gig. Right. So yeah. I was told, I told him it's either learn how to DJ or get a job at McDonald's, whichever one you want. <laughs> learn how to So DJ. it's like an instrument. He goes downstairs and practices and right. trains. So, so now it's been kind of cool to, to be known as, um, as a dad in the market. Because right. I put him on the radio like right. at what, 10 months? Right. And now he's 15. Wow. So a lot of people be like, man, I'm getting old, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that, I think that's great. As far as showing your kid being a, a entre, entrepreneur, showing mm -hmm. how to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. get out. Because I talk to my, my kids about it all the time. You know, mm -hmm. you don't want to have to work for somebody. You want to make your own hours. That's and that's great that you're doing that. And like you said, the parties, I remember when Nate McMillan had his thing. And you did that's that right. when he had Kim there. And, uh, that's right. You know, so that was... Uh, and, <laughs> and I got to tell you the funny story. So so I get an a email from, I guess, somebody that was representing Nate was uh -huh. like, Nate McMillan wants, and I had never met Nate at the oh, time. Oh, really? Okay. No, nah, and he was like, Nate McMillan wants you to do something at his, uh, I think it was his 50th. Yeah, his, his 50th anniversary. I, I don't know. Anniversary, right? Birthday party. Oh, birthday party. Something birthday party? It might, probably it was his birthday party. Yeah, it might have been his 50th birthday party, yeah, because Nate's a little older than me, so yeah. 50th. And so I, I read the email like three times, man, because like I'm telling you, like I came up like right, right around you guys or either behind y'all. Like I was behind Nate. Right. So I watched y'all, and for you guys to know my name, right. it just meant a lot. Like, I couldn't believe Nate knew who I was. And then right. the guy was like, um, but Nate wants to talk to you. I'm like, Nate want to talk to me? So Nate jumps on the phone, and he starts rattling off things that I've done in my career. Right. And I'm like, how you know, Nate? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I never yeah. knew. So it was an honor, man. And I tell you, man, not only did, did Nate, like, pay me probably more than what I should have got. Right. Then he gave me a tip at right. a bonus, man. But <laughs> he's a great guy. I, yep. It's just yep. amazing to meet somebody, you know, later in my career and then be that close to him. Right. I still talk to him, text yeah. him. I was coaching the AAU team, and he sent me, like, two boxes of um, Kyrie's okay. for the team, man. So just a good guy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nate's a great guy. Nate was a senior uh, when I was a freshman. Okay. So and, and Nate is the kind of guy that uh, that'll stay in touch with you. Like I I text him from time to time mm -hmm. and we talk or whatever I call him. He might not call me back that that same day, but he'll get back to me. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not surprised to hear that Nate did those things. You know, he he Nate's real big in the community too yes, yeah. as well. So I do yeah we do this back to school book bag. Yep. Yeah, drive. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And um and then we do something for Christmas. We just did something for Christmas okay. too. Yeah. Anything going on with the community, I'm there, right. man. It, it's a passion, uh, check it. Like, I mean, and, and that's the weird thing about it is because now social media makes everything fashionable. Like, right. you, you want to get the, you know, you want to let other folks know what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. But you got to want to make a difference, yeah, exactly. you know. And I don't know where I kind of got there from, but the, it, trying to impact youth and giving them an opportunity that I didn't have, right. it's just very important to me, man. Right. So where did that passion come from for music? Because it sounds like early on you had a passion of basketball because mm -hmm. you was interning for the Cavs. Mm -hmm. um, I know you was 
got a, a buzz around here for your basketball skills back in the day. Well, Chuck is the only one that can verify some of this. <laughs> okay, okay. But I can exaggerate it right now. I was really good. No, okay, no right. but I got six years of free education through basketball. Nice. Right. You know, right. in basketball, and I always use Allen Iverson as a good story because he, he's kind of, um, he's younger than me, but he's, he's kind of in my age bracket where, of course, people saw what basketball did for Allen. Mm-hmm. It did the same thing for me. It just, it got me as far as I could go, and then I transitioned it right over to what I'm doing now because, um, you know, I learned every lesson that I go through from basketball. So, I mean, I've scored the game winner. I've scored 25 points. I missed layups. Um, I got benched. Um, I've been booed and cheered. So all those things were some of the same things I took and lessons I took oh, into, wow. you know, into entertainment because okay. it was the same thing. It's understanding how to be popular. Right. You know, I went to the University of Akron, which is a school in Ohio. Um, actually, it's where LeBron is from. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I hope, hope before we go that we get to talk, touch on LeBron because I got a whole lot of okay. things I want okay. yeah, to get out about him. But um, <laughs> the thing about LeBron was actually like eight or nine at the time, and my roommate mm-hmm. had brought his little brother up from Chicago, and LeBron was like, they made that movie more than the games. Okay. So he was one of the little five or six friends. Right. Gotcha. But at the time, we used to kick them out of the room. <laughs> right. I didn't know I was kicking a billion dollars out of the room <laughs> just so we could play spades because they was just the young kids at yeah, the time. Right. But, um, yeah, so in Akron, I was able to get my undergrad, stay for grad school, and that's how, I, at the time, I kind of ran into Chucky. I was in grad school yeah. with a sports management major. So I got three college degrees. I got a radio, TV, business communications, and sports management. Okay. So when I graduated, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? Right. So I, what I did was I just took everything I was strong in. Mm-hmm. I took my educational background, and then I am that people person. So I'm the guy that'll get on the city bus and talk to a 75-year-old lady about right. nothing. Yeah, right. So I decided to take my strengths along with my educational background and create myself as a brand. Right. So this was early on, Chuck, because you got to think now, and I'm going back again in the story, but one of the lessons I learned from grad school, and Chucky can attest to this, only the top two or three basketball players had, like, managers. Right. It was all just agents. Yeah, right. So back then it was Penny Hardaway, Shaq. Like, right. nobody enjoyed. Nobody yeah. really had nobody that was connecting them guys to entertainment. That's right. So I used to, I got my nerves up because Danny Furry got me the internship okay. with the Cavs. Okay. So I got my nerves up to start pitching some of the players because we had boosters at the school. Mm-hmm. So I helped Danny, uh, I had Brad Doherty work out a little okay. cell phone deal right. uh, back in the day through a car dealership guy that we had. So that was like my first foray into saying, man, wait a minute. These guys really don't have nobody That's right. yep. getting them things on this right. end. Yeah, That's yeah. right. So I, I did a lot of work with um, uh, Bobby Fields yeah. that passed away. Yeah. Uh, Mills that went to Kentucky. Yeah, Chris Mills. Yeah, you yeah. played with all yeah, these guys. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So I was actually, and then I had my first party mm-hmm. when I was in, and all the, the the Cavs came to the party. Right. And so I, I became the big man on campus. So I was connecting that world before right. it got fashionable. Right. And now it's easy because it's right. all connected. Right. Because you're right though. Because like the the like I know when I was playing. I didn't really have nobody out there reaching out to me getting these kind of deals. I, when I got like my little t-shirt deal that I got, mm-hmm. it was because I stumbled upon the guy. You right. know what I'm saying? It wasn't nobody out there working with you 100% right. Bro. And it's crazy because the new generation don't, like, it, we have to preserve this history and make sure they understand because they wake up to this history. Right. So our kids wake up to social media. They think everything's connected. No. They getting DMs. Me and you didn't know anything Nothing about what the DMs were. <laughs> but, but on the serious side of it, like, I was just amazed that athletes, I'm like, wait a minute. Now, this yeah. is, again, again, you're only talking about Penny Hardaway. Yep. 
He had the little penny deal. Mm -hmm. And Michael Jordan and Shaq. Yep. No athlete had Nobody anybody else. connecting yep. them to anything That's else. Right. That's, That's right. crazy. Yep. You know? Yeah. So even like Scotty Pippen didn't have nothing. Uh, he was a, a top, you know, top tier mm -hmm. athlete in the NBA. And he didn't have nothing like mm -hmm. that, like like Jordan had. I sent an email to uh Penny Hardaway's guy. Cause just to connect with him. Right. And then that's how I started getting more ideas. But that's when I, I really went and researched it. Right. Cause I, who's the GM? Um, Embry. Wayne Embry. Wayne yeah. Embry yeah. was the GM. Yeah, right. yeah. Fratello was the coach. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I used to do the media, and and then the guys I would take the guys out. Right. Cause y'all didn't really have nowhere to go. Nowhere to and go. I was a college right. guy, so yep. at the time, so. That's kind of how I kind of got started. Yeah, this was back in Akron or Cleveland? Back in Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah, okay, but, okay. Because a lot of times, like, you know, as, as ball players, you think that, you know, think the ball players got all these places to go. A lot of, a lot of cats don't want to go places. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, they don't want to, you know, get out, of, get out of being familiar with things. They yeah. want something familiar around them. Mm -hmm. you know, that familiarity is important to ball players. So it's funny you say, you know, you kind of, started the whole connecting people together and the whole branding um, mm -hmm. because nowadays we know how important it is for our culture yes. to be behind any yes. kind of marketing if it's you know our own people if it's any you know white people product whatever it is it's important to have our kind of yes. stamp on things because mm -hmm. honestly we're the, we're the culture now we're right. the one that moving the, the numbers at the mm -hmm. end of the day right. um, and it's funny because me and you was talking earlier Chuck about uh, Little Nas yeah, um, I don't know if you heard Lil Nas X, the new country no. song. Came oh yeah, I heard about it, but I haven't had a chance to get experience. Yeah, so oh, um, yeah. just to kind of give you a rundown, uh, Lil Nas X, he had released a country song, became number one on the country charts. Once it became number one on the country charts, then Billboard knocked them off. Was like, hey, this is not country. We can't have you on the country list. So we was talking earlier, like, I saw man, a picture of him. That's right. exactly. Um, you know, just once again going back to race, going back to being black. At the end of the day, how it knocks us and how, you know, they don't want to accept what we're doing at the end of the day. Right. So how do you feel about it, especially being in the music industry? How do you feel about, you know, once again, Chuck, you heard it. It's a country, it's a country, country song. song. It's a the country content song. is country. country. The only thing that's, I would say, somewhat hip-hop is the 808 beat behind it mm -hmm. itself. So what you, what you think about that? Well, I, man, I, I think I just saw a picture of him on social media. Where he had a cowboy hat on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and that's the keeping up with things, you know, trying to consume all, all the information is kind of mm -hmm. hard. Um, man, you know, one of my reoccurring things, I think, even in this interview, is going to always be ahead of the curve. He's just ahead of the curve. Right. Everybody got to catch it. it. Yeah. yeah. You got to get, you know, and then, I, again, I've been blessed, man. Um, you know, being at the stage in my career, like, I'm young enough that, you know, I had, a, I still got some more things to do, but I'm old enough that I had a chance to get ahead of what you see now. Right. Because even when I first got on the radio, like, the radio was the only way for anybody to hear anything. That's yes. true. Yes. Like, you, yes. the first artist I've ever remembered that got big without radio was Ninth Wonder, uh, Little Brother. Yeah, yeah Little Brother. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yep, yep. That's and, right. And, and they never forgave us because at the time they were coming up to the station trying to get their music mm -hmm. on, and then they went around us, and then they got their own little platform, and that's how you see artists now because now you guys know more artists than I know probably. Right. I mean, I hear about them as fast as I can consume them. Got your right. sound clouds and different platforms where people hear the music. Yeah. Right. right. So you got to think and be ahead of the curve out here, and, and, and I think people will catch you. And so, so the, the guy we're talking about now, he's just doing something that people haven't experienced yet. Right. But I tell you what, if you're the first one to the water fountain, you're going to get the water before they cut it I off. Agree. Right. So it's going to take off for him. He just got to stay true to what he's doing. Because, so, yeah. yeah. you know, again, I, I have to always go back to me and what I, what I do. When I graduated grad school, I actually wrote, I had to write, I wrote a paper. Mm -hmm. And the paper was about NC State basketball. Okay. And I had to market 
the basketball program. It was like a 128 page paper. Now again, oh, I'm wow. just you know I was a basic college student. I wasn't really that smart. I just worked hard. Right. Shit, 128 uh, pages. Though. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> <That> ain't normal. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, so what happened was when I graduated, mm -hmm. I took just going back to what we was talking about. So here I am, graduated, no money, six years of free education. All I knew how to be was a college student. Right. So I lived like a college student. I got my book bag, my notebook. Yeah. And. And just to kind of tie into the story that you guys were talking about, how I really took off in my career was, so I moved to D.C. Mm -hmm. And my roommate had got a job, and he was like a young uh, black Republican, and he was very instrumental in Bill Clinton, and the Clintons winning. Okay. Okay. So they gave him, Hillary and them gave him a job with Ron Brown. So I'll speed the story up. So Ron Brown uh, was um, Commerce Secretary. Only, you know, his plane had crashed. I don't know if y'all know the story of Ron Brown. Nah. No, I didn't. Okay, so so Morris w w was the guy named. So Morris was living in D.C., so I moved in with Morris, and I was just sitting around for four or five months mm -hmm. trying to figure out what I'm going to do myself. I came home, played in the Raleigh Summer League, right. drove back to D.C. So a friend of mine picked me up one day, and um, this is what, what I'm saying about being ahead of the curve. So he picked me up one day. He was like, man, you ain't doing nothing. Ride out with me. I'm like, cool. So I've never been a trouble person. Right. So we was going to hair salons, pick up some money, Come back out. Mm. So at the end of the day, you know, we about eight or nine hair salons in. He got a wad of money like this. I'm like, man, what are you doing when you go in there? <laughs> he was like, I'm doing what's called a hair show. Okay. I'm like, man, what's a hair show? So he kind of said, you know, it's going to be like a little expo and people come get their hair done. I was like, wow, that's a good idea. I said, maybe I might try to do that in Durham. Right. So the next day he came to pick me up. He was like, man, if you ain't doing nothing, I'll give you a job. I was like, cool. So I was like, yeah, you're going to give me about six, seven hundred dollars, whatever, whatever. So at the end of that day, on the next day when he picked me up, I had went to the store, got my notebook. Uh -huh. I was like, look, man, I don't want you to pay me nothing. <laughs> right. This is like a 100% true story. He's like, for real. I was like, I don't want no money, but what you got to do is answer every question. He's like, okay. he's thinking he's going to get some free labor. So I worked with him for two weeks, took about 12, 15 pages of notes, right? Mm -hmm. So I took his idea, came back home, because my dad, who passed away last year in September, yeah. he was really big in the hair here. Okay. So I took his, I came back, I sat down with him. He told me, gave me a little insight. So I took that idea that this guy was going to give me maybe $500 for, uh -huh. and I turned it into about $65,000. There you go. Ooh. And that's how I got started. Okay. Now I spent all that money. Right. I went back to broke, <laughs> but that, that was how I got started because right. I, I didn't have enough courage to ask uh, Bobby Hurley right. and Kristen Leitner for some money to buy a computer. Right. So that's, how I got started. Like I wanted okay. the I wanted the computer, I didn't have any money. Right. So ended up subsequently doing this hair show, making all this money, then I spent it all. Right. Cause I didn't know how to have any money. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause I was just used to Pell Grants, yep. uh yep. free sneakers at school, yep. eating pizza. Yeah. So it's been generationally learning how to do that too has been right. a part of it. Yeah. Oh that's awesome, man. I, I I wish I'd have known you back then when you needed the money for the computer. I would have gave Boy. it to you. <laughs> I would have gave it to you. I would have gave it to you. Well, I knew you, but I wish you'd have ran like into that. me. No if question. If you'd have ran into me, I'd have hit you off uh -huh. with it. So now, what year did you graduate? I graduated from state yes. in 89. Gotcha. Okay. I left in 89. Okay. So, yeah, I, was, I spent those two. I went to Cleveland right after that. And then I came back to Cleveland in, um, I forget what year it was, but that's when I had my first daughter. 
But uh, but yeah, man, that's 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 awesome, man. That's awesome. Did you guys ever go one on one? Cause every every guest <laughs> nah, that came here played smooth, played Chucky. So <laughs> Chucky was nice. Yeah, man. Nah, I, I never I never well, we were different positions. So okay, we okay. Go one -on -one. I was a gunner. See, I see, my me, big problem was me. I didn't know how to pass the basketball. <laughs> used to put it up. I only passed because I couldn't shoot. <laughs> okay, right. Okay. And if I'd have learned how to pass, I, you know, I would have shot. But but you know, basketball really drove me, man. I mean, I, it's my passion. I slept with a basketball all the way through high school, man. Um, I, you know, I, I teach kids basketball. Yeah. You know, I had one of the best AAU teams uh, over the last couple of years. We came in seventh um, in, in the, the country. Nation. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Uh, one year, one year we came in eleventh. Okay. Um, so basketball is is me, man. I, it, it's it's why I'm here today. Okay. So now, when you're over at NC State's team camp, is that team camp you go over mm -hmm. to? Is that your AAU team that That's you bring my team, over there? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Because I saw you over there last. You going over there this year? Yeah, man. I'm really like again. I wasn't as much when you was there, but I'm really big with state. Like you know, I love some NC State, man. Yeah, I can't right. wait for them to be where they, you know, where we supposed the to. way you supposed we to got be. Got a nice guard coming in next year. I, I didn't know that. Jalen, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, Come yeah, from yeah. the Bronx. They say, like, like Westbrook. Is that the one that's like Westbrook? Westbrook, exactly. Yeah, yeah. athletic like Westbrook. So right. We, you know, they say you need to learn how to shoot a little bit, but that can come. You know, so I've been around the state program over the last few years um, with Godfrey and them. I yeah. was around my son. He goes to state. Actually, I think state got the best basketball camp yeah, of all the college, doubt. you know. If you're going to go to a college camp, yeah, yeah. Right, you should go to state. Oh, wow, okay. Because, like, Duke and Carolina is, like, pizza, pool, uh, swimming, but – they got a lot of games, and it's, okay. it's good for basketball. A lot of games, yeah. and that's how you get better as, as a player. You got to mm -hmm. play. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can do all the drills you want to, mm -hmm. but if you don't play and get that playing experience, you know, um, you're not going to get better. So now we plug in NC State's camp. So NC State, y'all owe us one for this. Coach yeah. Carr. Shout out to Coach Carr. That's my <laughs> guy. Like Thomas Carr. That's my man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Brian. So I know you regret back in the day when you said you was on campus uh, kicking LeBron out the room, man. So at that time, I guess what age was was he in middle school at the time? I think LeBron was anywhere between eight and ten. Eight and ten. Okay. okay. Yeah. So not even close to the LeBron like in high school. Not even close to it. No, nah, not not at the time. And Midwest basketball. See, people down here don't really understand mm -hmm. like sports in the Midwest. Tell them. Like the high school basketball games and football games are just on next level. Oh, they big time. Yo, it's it's yeah. like Texas football yeah, you compare it to. It's a great place. I mean, yeah, it's cold, so you got to find something on the inside to do, right? <laughs> that makes sense. The weather was was, was something. So, yeah. Because we were actually – I played – when I was there, we was in the MAC. Right. The, the, the MAC, right? American That's right. Was in the MAC. I yeah. went to JUCO in Florida, Panama City. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, we got connected through there, too, because uh, Stackhouse, yeah. brother Tony Dawson. Tony, you know Tony. Yeah, I know Tony. Tony, Tony year. That's right. Yeah. I didn't know that. We're the same year. We're the same. We came out of high school – and college the same time, and we played. And Shackerford, oh yeah, yep, that same year, we all the same year, yep. So I think I was in the ninth or tenth grade. I played against the Kinston team yep. with Shackerford now. They were tough. They were real tough, yeah. <laughs> yes, and sir. Tony went to JUCO where I went to JUCO, so okay. he went there first. Right. And he's a Dawson. Right. So I always act like we was brothers, right? right? Because Tony was legendary down there. Tony could score. And he went off to Florida State. Right. 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 He so. hurt. He hurt his leg. I think I hit my car or something like yes. that. Yes. He, 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 but if he'd have had like. Two good legs, yeah, like one right. and a half. One leg was one a little longer than Yeah, one leg was a little longer and like his calf muscle or something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. But And he could still do it. And he still had some stints in the NBA. He got called up to Sacramento mm -hmm. uh, and did some good things. He played in the CBA, scored a lot of points in the CBA. I mm -hmm. played against him in the CBA. And uh, he was at Florida. We didn't play against each other when he was at Florida State. But they had some good teams with him at Florida State with right. George McLeod and them guys. That's right. But uh, but that Kenston High School team, they had another guy that went to Winston-Salem State 
I forget his name, Rodney something. Yes, uh, could jump. Oh, yeah, he jumped could out jump. about 6'2 yeah. guard, <laughs> jump out of the gym. But yeah. those Kinston teams mm -hmm. were legendary. I don't know why they never won a state now, title. So you from North Carolina? I grew up, I've moved down here in the 10th grade. From where? From New York. Okay, so gotcha. So I moved down to Leland, North Carolina. Okay. In the 10th grade. So I went to North Brunswick High School. Kinston was 4A. We were 2A. Gotcha. But Kinston was 4A. But I knew Shaq and Tony from uh, and Rodney from uh, basketball camp. We were the prep stars together. Prep stars. So that's where we met, and Shaq and I met at prep stars. See, you don't know nothing about nah, prep stars. Nah, I'm just listening. I go down memory lane. I'm like, I'm out of the conversation. Yeah, we met at prep stars. <laughs> it's pre-AAU days, yeah. basically. Yeah, so yeah. camps was the big thing okay. back in the day. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the AAU thing. It was going to basketball mm -hmm. camps. All the coaches would come see you. So that's where I met Shaq and Tony at prep stars. Then Shaq and I started talking about NC State. Then we decided to be roommates at NC State. Wow. Then, yeah, so that's how that went. But I always yeah. say it's funny how much talent is in North Carolina. Oh, just hearing y'all talk, y'all know the same people, y'all know the same talent. It's crazy. Like, NC has all this talent when it comes to hip-hop, when it comes to basketball, anything. Anything, yeah. A whole lot of talent. Crazy. Yeah, but yeah, finish tell us about LeBron. We want, we want to get Did you ever link back up with him? Like, <laughs> Well, okay, so, okay, so I, when I graduated um, University of Akron, uh -huh. I actually left, and I didn't really go back for about 12 years. Right. So by then, LeBron became LeBron. Right. And I didn't really realize that he was that was him until right before the movie More Than a Game came okay. out. Okay. And then when I went back to Akron, everybody was like connecting the story for mm -hmm. me. And I was like, wow. I didn't know. So right. it was kind of surprising. So I didn't really, even when I started hearing about him, I probably knew I had some connection to him. Right. Because uh, Drew Joy, his coach, mm -hmm. uh, I had met him through the gyms in Akron and stuff like that. Right. But I didn't know I had that much of a direct connection with him. Right. Um, so it was kind of cool to, because they actually played their high school games at the gym that yep. we played at. Yep. Yep. It, it's did. called the Jar. Yep. Okay. Yeah. See, people don't realize how close Akron and Cleveland. Right. Not that far. Because when you far. was playing, the stadium was. At Richfield. Which so is, I, I stayed in Brexfield. Right. So Brexfield, it was Brexfield, Richfield, then Akron. Yes. You know, like that, in, in that order. So uh, This yeah. before they moved the stadium. Downtown. Yeah. Yep. So I actually signed some of the um, the concrete because uh -huh. I was interning at the time. Right. So they had us do a hard head, to hard head tour yeah. and come through and sign uh, the concrete that went to the uh, arena down. See, I'm at that smooth age, man. I got some stories that will really date me. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, you know, and it's funny how you just get to that point in your life and you stop and you're like, man, I really have yeah. had done some of these things because when things. I tell yep. some of these stories, people are like, man. You know, they don't, they don't really believe well, it. Well, bring us down memory lane. Let's hear some stories. We love the stories on the podcast. All right, some of my – some. <laughs> let me think of some of my cool stories. I know we got to get into my uh, LeBron story, but let me tell you my Biggie story. How about my oh, Biggie oh, story, yeah, right? I love that, yeah. So um, – You know I, it, Chuck. You know it. Yeah, Biggie. Biggie you know yeah, I love Biggie. We both, we both from New York, so you know it. <laughs> so the cool thing about me is, like I said, between sports and entertainment, everything's mm -hmm. always been connecting to me. Um, and so I'm in uh, D.C. How was homecoming? Okay. Um and a friend of mine got an RX-7, which was a oh, very yeah. small little, little car. car yeah. So he's driving through the city in D.C., and I get motion sickness. So we pull up right in um, on Georgia Avenue, right in front of the McDonald's, um, and we pull up right in front of the store. So mm -hmm. I get out this, the car. I had to tell you to park the car because the car got me dizzy. Right. So I get out the car. I'm kind of, like, about to fall down. I get my bearings together, and I'm right in front of the store we're going to go in. So I see a group of guys coming up. It's about 30 guys, Tim's right. and all that. And I get kind of in the store, and I hear folks yelling, because you got to go down the, down at the bottom to get in the store. Okay. People yelling and talking, and, and I look up, and I see Puffy. So Puffy's like, um, I want to shut the store down. I don't want nobody else to come in here. You know, he's yelling to the right. manager. He <laughs> pulled out a wad of money. Now, I wasn't really – I was just starting to throw events at the time. Right. I had made the money from the hair show, lost it all. 
course, I had to go buy me a new Pathfinder. Right. Didn't realize I had to put gas in it. <laughs> and uh, so I spent literally all the way down to nothing. Right. But I always knew, like, I was rich then because I knew I could make money at the time. Right. So I wasn't really worried about it. So um, I get in the store. I look up. Puffy's yelling. And so the manager's like, okay, I got people in the store. Right. So Puffy's like, whoever in the store can get one thing free on me, I don't want, I, I got to get outfits for everybody with me. We got to. We got a show at Howard Homecoming, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, wow. So the, the guy announced on the thing, anybody in the store can get something free. Right. So I went and found me like a $90 shirt, right. sweater shirt. I'm like, this can't be true. Right. So as I'm shopping, I look up and I see big dude. He was cross-eyed, you know, and it was Biggie. Yeah. And well, was, at this time, was he Biggie at the time? No, no, it was Biggie. This okay. was bad boy was, okay. was, was, was rolling. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, I, this was 95, 94. It was okay. actually ninety four. So ready to die was out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I didn't. I didn't get on the radio till two thousand. Okay. So I, I hadn't gotten fully into my entertainment movement. I didn't do my. Um, I did my first hair show in ninety five, March of ninety five. So that was that's when I would say I was really Just in started. the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Biggie's talking to some some girls, and I'm standing there, and I'm I'm still shopping, and and he was like um, trying to mac on the girls, and the girls were like, oh yeah, you married, you married. And B was like, "Nah, I'm I'm divorcing. I'm divorcing um, Faith, Faith at the time because right. Faith is dating Tupac." Right. And I'm thinking it was a joke because right. now remember this pre-social media. Yeah. Right. So you don't know Tupac is out. This is October now. I can because it's around homecoming. Tupac had just got out of jail. Right. Of course, today we would know he get out of jail. Right. We didn't know. Yeah, you don't right. know until the next source magazine yeah, coming out. Right. So I'm thinking he joking. I'm not really tying the story in. He talking about yeah, she dating Tupac. So I get up, I get my um shirt, I dap up Puff, right. run out the store, just glad I got what I got. So maybe about the end of the month, the magazine come out. Right. And the whole scandal broke uh-huh. about Faith, the Pop, picture. Biggie. Yeah. And so to hear that moment in time, to hear him say that. Right. So wow. the end of the story, I end up booking Faith okay. some years later. And I'm actually really cool with her. Okay. So she kind of told me. The whole story. So it wasn't as deep. She didn't date Tupac. Right, right, right. It wasn't yeah. as deep as Biggie yeah. said. Right. But to hear that story and know that story affected hip-hop at the level it was, and to be right there, wow. it's kind of being at that moment. And, you know, it's kind of like that Forrest Gump. You talking about hit him you up. Remember. You talking about big yeah. records coming out. Hit him up. You talking about uh, Brooklyn's Finest. Probably the, the biggest yep. hip-hop story ever, if yeah. you think about it, considering what it did. That's right. I can't think of nothing bigger. Any bigger than, than that That's right. East Coast, West yeah. Coast thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I told her the story. I had a, and well, and you know, to have a surreal moment to end up being able to tell her that story. Right. I told her exactly what happened, uh-huh. and we actually laughed about it. Yeah. Wow. So, that's tough, man. That's, <laughs> that's tough. crazy. Man, I've had a lot of full circle moments in my life to to have listened to albums, like the album, then be in the car with that artist. Yeah. yeah. Listening to the album. Right. Yeah. I mean, like to talk to Fifty Cent about. Being like I, you know, he flew us out to um, L.A. I mean, to Vegas okay. when Get Rich or Die Trying came. Oh wow! And then we had a chance to individually spend time with him and go watch the movie and all that. It was yeah. like twenty DJs and right. and the, he gave me the best advice to be, about being a dad. Really? You know? Yeah. Like and he and one of the first stories he told me was like B. Like I mean, I don't know him, so I'm right. saying B. But at the time, yeah. you know, I've had enough interaction that he would know who I am. But right. like he was like, man, the first thing I did with my first check was patent G unit. Yeah, I was like, man. you ain't buy Bentley? He was oh, like, no, nah, that's what I wanted everybody else to see. Correct. But I went and spent $100,000, got the patents down. for, right. And I, he said, I ain't never got to work again from that. 
Wow. From just that one pack. Yeah. See, I love to hear stories like that because yeah. honestly, me and Chuck was talking about that earlier in regards to rappers or whoever artists living their their lifestyle, living their their rhymes, they're living their lyrics. Mm -hmm. right. You know, when you use Fifty as an example, it's crazy because we hear gun toting, we hear f this lady, f that. Right. But yeah. you know, he sat down and gave you man to man yeah. talk, gave you advice, real life advice. You know what I mean? So it's funny to hear those kind of stories because once again. We see what we see on TV, and we It'd think a, yep. this is this it's person, but, guy, but truly, him. it's not yeah, it. At the end of the day, yeah. it's for a check. But it's nice to hear that Diddy's really Diddy, though. Right, right. Or the money around, <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody out the store. Right. It's good to hear, hey, yeah, Diddy, 50, I love you, boy. Diddy was cool. When I met him one time in New Orleans, he was out there shooting a movie. Mm -hmm. And I was there when I was scouting with the Pelicans. I was there for the scout meetings. So I saw 50, and everybody know I'm a big 50 fan. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about, about that, too. Time. So... I saw 50, uh, I'm up in the, like in the little suite or whatever, so I looked down, and you know, when my eyes were good, I saw, I was like, oh, that's 50 down there. So everybody was like, I know you ain't going down in the trunk. I said, I, wait till halftime. So <laughs> I took off down there and just went up to the cat and was like, yo, 50, what's up, man? I'm a fan. You know, can I take this picture? Like, yeah, sure, come on, man. Mm -hmm. So he was like real cool, like people would be like scared to talk to him mm -hmm. because of the persona that he put on. Right. But, but 50 was I mean, real cool. I, I really like down to earth stars and celebrities yeah, like right. I do you know personally because I get a chance from being on the radio like I get a chance to like I like to get to know who I'm interviewing mm -hmm. when the camera or the mic is not on mm -hmm. right um, I've had a lot of different experiences we can kind of get in that but this is what I want to bring up even about Chucky because I always like down-to-earth celebrities because I mean I'm gonna take this guy for example like the whole time I've ever known him he has have never had a Hollywood moment <laughs> and, and, I, and I would say him I heard all the time and Rashi yeah, like yeah. two of the most just you know, give me the money, you know, uh, the lifestyle is cool, but I don't want none of that other stuff with it. Right. But I, and, and I'm telling you, man, it means a lot, man, because me, yeah. with my little local celebrity, I've always felt like that. Like, right. you know, I have to, I mean, I've been at a Subway in Roxborough mm -hmm. and ordered something by t from the drive through and by the time I got up there, everybody in there know that was, I'm like, how you know, you know, right. because my voice has been dominating on the radio for right. 20 years. Right. But now I just want to tell you that, man, you've never, like, you wouldn't even know he played in the NBA, that's man. That's real. And it's just, I from, love from it, man. From the game alone, I can't tell you played in the NBA, but that's another story, though. Oh, Chuck was say. nice on that low post, <laughs> No, nah, I'm just talking shit. I'm just talking. <laughs> yeah. How many teams did you play for? 12. 12, 12 teams in 13 years. Yep, yep. And just humble. like yeah, no, nah, real talk. Yeah. It just means a lot, man. I love humble celebrities, man. Because, you know, you just never know. And then, going back full circle, like, mm -hmm. look, I'm, I'm with y'all. Right. I mean, if you'd have told me that I would have a chance to sit down with this gentleman right here, on the show, man. Come on, man. I'm living the life, man. Yeah. So tell us now how sports has helped, like your son, as far as like what you're trying to teach him, as far as as far as life goes on. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, as long as you, you of course, your health is the first important thing right. with your kids. You want yeah. them healthy. Right. Um, but if they're healthy and they can move, and you don't have them on a the team, I don't understand how you wouldn't. Right. Because look at what sports do. I mean, you can go back to our camp days, man. Right. Think about you show up at a camp. And you don't know nobody. Right. By the end of the day, you got 12 new friends. That's a right. new sweet mate. Right. You have to learn how to live with people, yep. get along with people. Yep. You know, on a basketball team, you got 10 friends. You yep. got to learn how to let some of them go off and do things you don't do. Yep. You got to know how to say yes and no, get along with people. I mean, those are all the lessons of life. Yeah, that's true. Yes. And everything I'm doing now 
I can directly correlate it back to what I experienced playing basketball, basketball man. Right. And that's why I tell the kids all the time that I coach. Basketball is going to teach you characteristics, yes. leadership skills. It's yes. going to teach you how to be a man. It's going to teach you how to be a woman. It's teach yeah. you how to be a person in general. Yeah. That's, that's right. one and thing I will say. Always having a goal and objective, mm -hmm. like going to the gym. Now, we didn't, I didn't get a chance to train. We just right. went. Went play. Played. Yeah. Luckily got a pickup game. Yep. Yep. Shot on the other end while the grown guys was running that way. Didn't yep. have to move back. But now they got trainers and, yep. you know, it's a whole lot different than when we came up. But just having something to work towards. You know, when I got on the radio, I was on midnight to 6 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I, and then we actually used to have to – I'm going to date myself again. So we have to take a CD off the wall, put the CD in, pick the number of the song to play, and play it. You know, oh, wow. so I mean, I'm back when yeah, on that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, it's always been develop, you know, working towards something. So I went from there. I would go home, sleep for three hours, get back up, work for myself all day, go back in, work midnight to. So th that's my grind. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's how I learned that, right. and I came from the bottom. Right. You know, and ne never do you get a major job at the station that you're at. Normally, you got to go off to this city, that city, that city come back, to come yeah. back. Right. And so for me to go from a part-time midnight to six guy to get in my job mm -hmm. was just a testimony to my grind. But right. that's sports. Like right. we, that's right. you mm -hmm. go from trying to make a team, trying to start, trying to make all conference. That's right. Always, I'm a goal and objective guy, you know. Good characteristic. I'm still waiting on this LeBron story. I still okay, haven't so heard it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and <laughs> look, I'm going to flip the script with y'all a little uh -huh. bit again. But, right. but okay, so, so top uh, – Top three. Top three players of all time. Both of y'all want to know which way you start. You start? All right. Start. Top three. We'll go tough. Kareem. Oh. Kareem. What? 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 Wait, hold on. Before you finish, what made you change to Kareem? Oh, I always been Kareem. Okay, all right. Oh, go ahead. I'll, we I'll go back to like it. episode okay. one or two. It's all always right, been Kareem. Go ahead, you know? go ahead. So I say, I say Kareem, Jordan, and I'll probably say in and out between LeBron and Bill Russell. That's what I'll say. What are you making the faces for, Chuck? You, what, what, you good? You good over there? My three, my three will be Kareem, Jordan, and Magic. Without question. Okay. Say it again. Kareem, Michael Jordan, and Magic. In that order for me. Okay. Okay. Your three. All right. Jordan, Magic. Oh, that third one going to be tough. Because I like Will. Oh, mm, hey, listen. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I you know. I will not argue if anybody puts like Jordan as the greatest or they put Wilt because every record you see, yeah. it's like Wilt has been there. You know what I'm saying? And Wilt was a big man. But hold on, Bill Russell went against Wilt though. But and Wilt, we, we saw the outcomes. Okay, but still though, that that all that could mean is that mm -hmm. Bill Russell had better teams. Okay, I give you that. Teammates around him. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you know, like back in them days, they weren't gonna let one man beat. I give you that. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So Wilt has most of the records. So, so I, I mean, I like the Wilt. Right. I like the Wilt thing. I mean, if, if somebody puts Wilt anywhere in that, I have no argument. So where you have uh, this LeBron? Where you have LeBron at? For me, I I think LeBron is is maybe out of my top ten. He, he can't be in the top Ooh, ten. That hurts. No, no. I I mean, I, for me, right? I think he's probably. I mean, I I wouldn't be mad seven to twelve. Right. So I'm kind of agreeing with you. I think I think he'd be he, at twelve. He's scraping at ten. I, and Man. so how do we get to the and where, and where you got you got him third? Nah, yeah, I got, I got him. I got him top five. The reason why I got him top five, if you look at the stats, he's on there. In regards to the stats, he's okay. when you talk about the record books. Yes, right. he's right. in there. The only thing that LeBron is missing is just that mentality, that killer mentality. Right. That's if he had Russell Westbrook's 
killer mentality right, right. and his physique okay. and his But we on smartness. that if. Which word you just said? And that's why I said top five. That's why I so said So how top do y'all five. think we got to this LeBron-Jordan narrative? Like, why is LeBron leapfrog? Because I don't think LeBron was better than Magic. No. I don't even no. know why people are saying that. So no. the reason why I will right. say so this. So how did he skip Magic and, and Kobe? I don't. Yeah, I can't think of. Kobe? I, I can't think, think of any Kobe. other athlete from high school. He was crowned the king and lived up to the hype. You can't think of any other athletes that that done it like LeBron. He, he's lived up to the hype. I think statistically, and I think by the time he retires, he might be the greatest statistical player ever. Mm-hmm. But I can't put him in front of, like I said, Kareem, Mike, Magic, uh, Larry Bird, Carmelo, Tim Duncan, uh, Wilt, Oscar Robinson. I can't put him in front of those. I can't Not over Carl? I can't put him in front of Carmelo. Even though Carmelo didn't win rings, mm-hmm. I played against Carmelo. Right? No, I got you. And Carmelo was a monster. Right. I'll tell you, he was, he, was, he was tough. You know what I'm saying? So he was, just when, didn't win rings. When was your last season? My last season was 2002. So I left right when LeBron was coming in. And right. I remember, like, when LeBron was in high school, uh, I remember reading about this kid, 6'5", 210 pounds, mm-hmm. I think he was, and he was on the cover of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Right. And I remember guys after Were practice. Were you playing for the Cavs? Then? I was playing for the Cavs. Oh, wow. then. Mm-hmm. And I remember guys saying, uh, uh, Jimmy Jackson and Chris Gatlin, uh, Clarence Witherspoon, they was like, yo, we go. But I had, like, a, my wife was there with our first child, so I didn't want to just leave her in Cleveland. I knew Cleveland, but she didn't know Cleveland. Right. So I, didn't, I wouldn't leave, so I would get her and we'd go out and see the town. But those cats was going to see LeBron's games in high school, mm-hmm. you know, right after practice. Like, yo, we got to go see LeBron. Damn. We got to go see LeBron play. Right. So they he was going to see him then. So he had a lot of hype behind him. You know what I'm saying? I think he has lived up to the hype. I think right. he'll live up to the hype statistically. But I still can't put him in front of those guys. Well, you got, like, the most objective view I've heard of most people. Because they, they, that, I think you're I think you're pretty accurate with it. So do y'all think he he's going to get the Lakers going? Or do you, how you think how y'all see that in? I, you know, the way it looks right now, it doesn't look good. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for people to come there and and play with him. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think that my even before he said he was going to L.A., mm-hmm. I said he should go to L.A. because he's at the end of his career. He wants to do these movie things. That would be the per- perfect place for him to mm-hmm. do it. So I really don't think that basketball-wise, I think he's in it, but he ain't all. I think it's one foot in and right. one foot is over right. here. In the production thing, like he got the new running millionaire thing. Yeah, I saw the show. That. Yeah, yeah. So he got that he's coming out now. Space Jam this you know summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so doing the Space Jam right. thing. So I think he's got one foot in, which is I got no problem. That's smart being. Well, a, but a this was the problem. But don't try to fool us, though. Like, right. Don't try to fool us. Don't play right. Kabuki theater with us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, 14 years later, well, 14, 15, however long, this is the first time we've seen LeBron decline. This is the first right. time we've seen his game go down. Oh, it has this to first be time he hasn't been in the finals. In what eight to yeah, nine? Yeah, but years. that's because the first time he's been in the West. Right. I, I, he might not have made a finals a few times. I, my problem, and th- and this what scares me, because obviously I mean I, I only saw film of Will, right, mm-hmm. building them. But the way we seem to change the narrative in sports is very scary, because now they they start to like make us think we saw something that we didn't. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm saying when LeBron won with Miami. Wade was a top three player at yep, that time. Sure Correct. Was. Declining towards the end, but they act like LeBron, they keep saying he dragging these teams to the finals. Yeah. You didn't, he didn't drag Miami to the finals. No, I'll give you that. Yeah, and yeah. then when you lose to Dallas, when you should have won, yeah. you can't just move that out your record right. the way he played. Right. You know? So that's my issue with LeBron. I think he's good, but 
he has this media machine by him that sets the narratives yeah. that we all just seem to follow. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, them Cavs teams, what he did last year in the East, and the East was great. Right. But who did he really beat? Right. You telling me if Kawhi would have been for in Toronto last year, they wouldn't have beat Toronto. No. Right? No. So, so he got too many holes in it in his game. And, and I blame them for the whole Pelicans thing. Right. Because yeah. wait a minute, Rich Paul is his man. Yep. So you thinking him and Rich Paul didn't put that plan together? That's I mean, we're going to act like they, they didn't directed, put that plan together? They directed. They orchestrated all that. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to try to – and if, if you was New Orleans, would y'all would have traded? I would have made that trade. Yeah, I would have made the trade, but this, that's one reason why I respect, respect. You would have made that trade? Yeah, I would have made the trade. Because, honestly, there's no other players out there for them to grab like that. Those decent role players. I'm not saying they got an all-star back or anything, but decent role players. But that's one reason why I respect LeBron is because – he does so much outside of just on the court. Yes, he may not be one of the top five basketball players, but for him, he made he made so many moves outside in regards to community based. Oh, yeah, talking about um, being a, a GM and a coach at the same time. Like LeBron done so much for the league, and as a player, I think nobody else is gonna be able to touch that. I don't know. I don't know about like for the league. I think as far as like being a, a GM and a player, you. You got to do one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had these coaches that are coaches in GM, mm -hmm. and we see that don't work. Doc Rivers was that. We see he got the GM part taken away. You know, right. Stan Van Gundy, same thing. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. gone now. What about so a player coach or GM? Other. LeBron you know trying to play coach and GM. You can't do it. I mean, and and think about it, it again. Like, you was a player, Chuck. The, right. the ball got life. Yeah. So, he wants to dominate the basketball, right? Yep. I mean, and then you want to know how he got eight or nine assists. What? He's the only one passing that's to the right. person that's, that's, that's right. going to shoot. Right. Like, who wants to play with somebody like that? Right. So then then you can't play if you can't play with him. They that's don't right. even that's sound right. right. That's right. That's right. That's you know, exactly that's right. That's why that's I get problem. mad at him. Now, yeah. I like LeBron. I got a little history, yeah. you know, with him a little. But I don't like how he's, to me, just destroying. Because Brandon Ingram he, can play. No, nah, he is a yeah. cancer. Don't tell team. me the boy can't play. Yeah, yeah. Now, but all of a sudden, he can't play with you? Yeah. Well, won't you learn how to play with him? Exactly. Exactly. And I think if he goes to being a – a real forward, mm -hmm. get off the ball. Get off the ball. He got to yeah. change his game. You're going to bring Rondo in. No Rondo better with the ball, but then you're going to make Rondo play off the ball and get mad because Rondo won't make so all what was the your, shot. So what was your thoughts when Kyrie came out and apologized? What was your thoughts I don't think that? he fully apologized, but mm -hmm. Kyrie got a whole lot going on. I love Kyrie, but he got a whole lot he going on. The earth is flat. <laughs> um, you know, he I know did. a few little personal things. I'll leave it at that. But, right. And I love Kyrie. He's yeah, one of my favorite players, but Kyrie ain't. I don't think he that stable. Because okay. even with Boston, right. like even if you're going to leave Boston, you don't let Boston become what it is. Like, like you can see it too far coming. Like, you can tell he's been wanting to go. Yeah. Like, where yeah. you going now? Right. So yeah. you're going to throw a queen in and then hoping the next car is going to be a king. Mm -hmm. Like, you're on a good pro. You you're can build with that. Yeah. Yep. So you, where you going to go? So tell me where Kyrie going. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know so where. why mess up that team? And I right. think he's kind of destroyed that team. He's destroyed that team. With his not being team. happy with himself. That, that, that's a team that... At the beginning of the season, everybody picked mm -hmm. to have a chance yeah. to win the whole thing. And now you're talking about, what, them finishing like fifth, fourth or fifth? Something, Something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you make the Eastern Conference Finals, you would thought that would have humbled him. Right. But then he come right back in and changed the whole structure of the team. So to, to answer your question directly, I, I don't think he sh had to do all that. I don't think – I mean, LeBron, he would have never developed as a point guard playing with LeBron. It was, was always off the ball. Off the ball. Yeah. 70% yeah. of the time the ball come across yeah. half court, it was in LeBron's hand. LeBron's yeah. hand. So why do you think Wall got so good so quick at the point? Because he had the ball he in his hand. So yeah. let's say yeah. Wall would have played with – anybody who's going to play with LeBron got to come off the ball. So if you're a major celebrity, even Anthony Davis, which I think he's getting bad advice, why would you go to L.A. and play with him? Right. But see, at the end of the day, 
they getting the W's. That's that's the thing you got to look at. Well, when he was on Cleveland, when it was okay. Kyrie and LeBron together. At the end of the day, right. even though he was not touching the ball as much, they were still getting the W. And I think that's what Kyrie's yeah, but they, missing. Yeah, He's but, looking back and like, man, I was kind of being petty. I was kind of being selfish by removing myself when really I should have just stuck it out I, and would have been would have been eyed in Cleveland. Kyrie, when Kyrie left to go to Boston, the first thing he said is that he wanted to be more of a point guard. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So and at least, as far as his development, as far as becoming a point guard, staying with LeBron wasn't going to help him because LeBron mm-hmm. is being like a point forward. Correct. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Now, Kyrie is playing off the ball. You know, he got to do all this work to get a shot off and all that. Even like that game, the final championship that they won, mm-hmm. Kyrie hit the shot. He did. He did. Kyrie he got hit 28 tonight, and it's all got down, to every, everything got handed to LeBron. Yeah. Yep. But but his leadership skill has been exposed this year again. He did yep. not. That's, but LeBron's been doing this. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's one big flaw I have with LeBron, his, uh, his character. Like, yeah. He's a big I mean, I remember to going team. to the Cavs Wizards game. Shout out to John Wall. He got me some tickets. I went to the game. This, <laughs> right. was, this was when LeBron at first got back. Right. And LeBron will go stand over in the corner with his hand on his hip. See, the first seven, eight games of the. I don't know if people remember that, yeah. but like trying to point Kyrie out to go one, that he keep going one on one. And was like the whole narrative was he's trying to teach them how to win. No, he's trying to tell them everything got to go through me. Yeah. So yep. I mean he's been doing this, you know. Yeah. But again, I think LeBron got a great thing going. Like you said, he's 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 instrumental in the community, doing a yeah. whole lot of stuff. Right. I mean, people always talk about he moved a needle, but that's all they talk about. Yeah. So if we have a show like all these sports shows, and LeBron's on every day. Well, of course he's going to move the needle. Right. They act like it's a surprise. Oh, he moves the needle. <laughs> right. Zion moves the needle. Well, y'all talk about Zion all the time. That's right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, again, I like LeBron, but I, I'm very frustrated with the way the media has, you know, changed the narrative about him, mm-hmm. which scares me because I was just hearing this on the sports show the other day that when the new millennials really get a chance to take over and people who really had no exposure to, to Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. then that debate going to really intensify because now you're looking at the all-time leading score when he gets that record. Right. You know, oh, and, yeah. Yeah, then yeah, it's going to yeah. be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But then you got to go back and think, wait a minute, you seen with your own two eyes. You played against Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Have you – I mean, even when you – even if you want to put Kareem or anybody you want to – Right. Who have you seen dominate a basketball game like that no, yo, on and it's, both ends of the floor? It's hard. Like, you could be a big man and dominate on both ends, but when you're a guard – and that's why – you know, I put Kareem – the reason why I have Kareem as my all-time favorite, uh, great player is because Kareem had a shot that's never been duplicated, yes. and you knew it was coming and couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone says, I, I call him 1A and 1B. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, no disrespect to Michael Jordan at all. I played against Mike and heard him talking trash out there, telling people he's going to do something and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Jordan was a guy that dominated on the offensive end and the defensive mm-hmm. end, and he was another guy that, like, I got a friend of mine, Rick Hazen, we talk about this story all the time, played against Jordan, and he came into the game, he popped out, got the ball, and, like, after he passed the ball, Jordan formed him, right? Formed him, like, up in the upper body. And uh, he said he thought it was a mistake at first, and he, he caught the ball passing, and Jordan did it again. And so he said he looked at Mike, and Mike said, yeah, I hit you. I'm going to hit you again, too. <laughs> so, so he said, yo, he, he said, you know, he's like, damn, you know, this dude, you know, I'm a nobody, and this dude is coming at me right. like that. So I think that... You know, definitely like Mike, you know, I, I don't argue with anybody who has Mike up there. You know, I know Mike. Mike is, is definitely, you know, that one, mm-hmm. for me, one B. Right. But the only, the, the the only reason I, again, with the Kareem thing, like, a big got to get the ball. Right. Gotta so you can take him out the game. Right. 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 And then, like, you just keep that game close, Michael Jordan going to take you home. 
Yo. And I think that that's one of my big problems with LeBron. Right. That he has a lot of empty stats. Yes. And yes. then yes. I can't yes. appreciate a player that just don't have moves. Like I'm a, I like right. skills. Right. So when you're telling me you're going to the hole and you got to do your left shoulder bend, and, and he's physically – you ever seen him just take oh, his hand yeah. and physically? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cool, but I'm just – that's just – I mean, I don't know. I like to see – like, I like Kevin Durant. I like skills, oh, yeah. moves, yeah. and stuff like that. But I, it's an interesting topic, man. I mean, I, I know, we, you know we spend a lot of time on it right now, but, I mean, I'm a big sports guy. Like, I love um, – well, I first take, uh, I, you know, Stephen A. is, is – is, oh, but, yeah. but uh, Shannon – and Skip, uh, no, Skip got yeah. the best one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just love yeah. how they. I love, yeah, yeah. Have I love how chance, they keep it real. Have you had a chance to check out Zion since he's right here in Durham? Yes, I, I, I think we overhyping Zion. I love Zion. Right. Okay, I think he good. I haven't seen him in person, so let me know how it is in person. Uh, but I'm a skills guy. Like I think, I mean, I, but I mean, he's a. I think he's an NBA All Star. I, right. I don't see him. It'd be hard for him. You got that kind of. Yeah, what yeah. you think? It'd, have, it'd be hard for him not to make it because I think physically, the one thing that he's gonna have to do though, he's gonna have to get a mid-range shot. Yes. Don't just jump out. You know, hopefully someone who's working with him don't just jump out there and have him shooting threes. Right. No. Get the, the mid-range, mid-range shot. You know, get that down. Right. And then he'll be able to do everything else. Work his way out to the three-point line. But hopefully, he, when he gets to the league, he's gonna have to work on the jump shot because it's gonna be some big cats in there mm-hmm. that's gonna be able to physically. Uh, keep up with him once he gets in the lane. Right now in college, you know he's the silverback. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He gets down in the paint. It's over. It's an and one bucket, or he going to the line. Right. There's nothing yeah. else happening. You know, or he missed a shot. Yeah, he's so, a no-brainer number he's one. He's a pick. no-brainer yeah. number one pick. It's, yeah. it's not even close. Because when you got, because I mean, when you got that many unteachable skills, right? You can probably start to show oh, him. Start yeah. teaching. Oh, and once he start learning some stuff, oh yeah. my goodness, he gonna be. He and gonna he be hasn't really, to me, got as many. I mean, that, now that three sixty. I can look at it over and over again, but I even expected more spectacular dunks. Right. When you look at his high school record. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. I mean, he had some stuff where you had to kind of go all the way into the chamber. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that 360 was just as, as pretty a dunk. Right. I think it was against Clemson or somebody. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, you got the steal. The full yeah. 360. Yeah. yeah. I just look at it over and yes. over. Yeah, yes. like, that's like Vince Carter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to see a guy like that, um, that big and, mm-hmm. and get off the floor. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of amazing to see that. And you know his dad went to NC State. His dad played football at NC State. Oh, I didn't State. know that. Yeah, his dad played football at NC State. Yeah. So I got to ask y'all a couple quick questions before we get out. Okay, yeah. um, NC State, best player uh, you ever that, that ever went to NC State? That ever went I always to NC State? Wanted to ask, yeah. Oh, David Thompson. Best player? Okay. Easily. Yeah, David Thompson, easily. Uh, without a doubt, David Thompson, the best player ever to play there. And I, and I think after that, I mean, it's tough after that, but David Thompson – uh, is the best player. Best pro play. you ever played against. Best pro I ever played against? Yeah. Uh, best pro I ever played against, Bernard King. Wow. Mm. Bernard King. Bernard, Bernard can score that ball. Bernard yeah, can yeah. score that ball. Bernard can score that ball. Like I always, when I go to do speaking engagements for like these high school teams and like these banquets, they ask me that, you know, who was the toughest guy I had to guard. Mm. So I have to tell them my Bernard King story where I only found out of one game in my pro career. And that was when I was guarding Bernard King. Mm-hmm. And Bernard King had 52 points that night. I got 47 of them. So, <laughs> you know, and I was thinking in the game, once I found out, I was kind of like, damn, I'm glad I got out of it. Because <laughs> you know, he, was, he was working me. And so that was the only time, the only guy. But, you know, I didn't feel bad because Bernard got a lot of people. So, you know, it wasn't like, no, you know, like Steve Scheffler or somebody mm-hmm. gave me that work. Bernard King gave me that work. I live with that. And I'm proud to tell that story. And your career game came against who? Like, and how many um, points did you the, my, my highest point total was against Orlando my rookie I had 30. Wow. That was my highest point total. 
But uh, my, my favorite game, probably my best game, I think, we, I played, we played against the Knicks, and I had like 18 and 14. So the Knicks was always a team that I grew up watching and you wanted to play against. usually have a lot of family in the building when you oh, play you, never, you didn't play for the Knicks? Never played for the Wanted to. Uh, never did. Never did. So. Career, man, that's, that's beautiful. Yep. All right. Well, Brian, this is time now. What we always do, we pick out a sneaker out of the athlete's foot. Yes. Um, we usually pull it out of the shrine bag, but I ain't going to put nobody on blast. Somebody left the shrine bag, but it's all right. <laughs> we got the sneakers right here, so we're going to open them up. What sneakers did you pick? You want to pick them out? One of my show? favorites of all time, the classic Jordans. Uh, yes. I, I do remember when they came out. Yes. I think I might was in the ninth grade. Okay. Uh, I was in Virginia. I went to school. I was born in Virginia, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Fredericksburg. So uh, I had a chance to... Wear these. I had the white ones. Okay. But Wait, I wore them to school. Were these the I band instantly... ones? These the ones that were banned? Or? No, that was yep. the band ones. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Ones. Shout out to my dad. Rest in peace. He got me mine. So I got a chance to walk around. My ninth grade year, I was the big man on campus. Nobody in the whole school had them, man. So yeah, these are classic ones. Let me ask you guys, because um, especially this is the first one that came out, did you guys actually feel like you could play a little bit better because you had the J's on at the time? I don't even know how people can play in these. Uh, yeah, those, those ones are the worst. Yeah, those, <laughs> those are the, the ones were the worst. It, it, it seemed like they, they, like they hurt your feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I had someone saying it hurt your feet. But I, you know, like I said, I, I used to get shoes from Jordan, and I guess they felt good on your feet. You know, you know, everything is mental, but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, I felt, I felt good in them. I felt yeah, okay. good. In them. I mean, you got to think that people used to wear their cons now. Right. You ever wore, imagine playing in the a pair of cons. Yeah. The worst. Dr. J. Converse. Oh my god. So gosh. yeah, I, I think I might have tried to play in it, but I never been a Jordan fan for a basketball sneaker. Okay. Right. So I'm, I'm more like, a matter of fact, I had a pair of Jordans on last night with a suit. Like yeah. I'm more of the stylish. I, I think it's definitely more a better stylish shoot. Yeah, it yeah. is. It but is. Um, I wouldn't actually play in them. But yeah, these are my favorite. Pair right here, must-have for your collection. I love them. There you go. Well, Brian, once again, we appreciate you yeah, stopping by, you. joining thank us. All good, man. We appreciate Y'all got to have me back, <laughs> man. Oh, definitely no, no. I know I talked a little too much basketball. <laughs> no, nah, no, you killed no, you it. But, but what y'all doing is important, man, and, and it's an honor and pleasure to be on your show. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Man. Well, once again, audience, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Another episode, Jerseys and Dress Shirts. Peace.